All right, today we are going to be talking early offseason dynasty sells. So these are guys that if you have them on your roster and you can get a good return from them, we'd recommend selling them. Not, you know, for various reasons, and there are going to be some that you're mad about, but it's going to get interesting. But first, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got all kinds of new dynasty content, buys and sells, rookie content, etc., coming out every single week all off season. So make sure you subscribe and you can get that exclusive content. Make sure you like the video as well. And Nathan, let's get into our early dynasty sells. Let's, 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 let's just go ahead and get out of the way. Our first dynasty sell, sell is Justin Fields. And yes, you can probably, if you've listened to us, especially for a long time, you're like, are you really going to go down this road again? Are you really going to do this with Justin Fields again? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And look, I mean, I was the first to admit on our show, on our podcast, on our YouTube, and we even did a short about Justin Fields midseason. I mean, Justin Fields is producing at an extremely high fantasy rate between the rushing upside, uh, between, you know, having some passing. Really, it's just a rush. I mean, really, it's just a rushing upside. He was he was breaking records or almost broke the record in terms of, you know, rushing uh, yards and, and, and things like that, rushing production during a season. And between, I mean, he was able to be a QB1 in fantasy this year. And so, with Justin Fields, why are you looking to move off of Justin Fields? Given that, given all that, given the good accomplishments, given the good seasons, why would you sell Justin Fields? And who would you sell him for? That's the more important question. Yeah, well, I mean, who would I sell him for? Well, let's see what his ADP is right now. It's currently equivalent to Lamar Jackson, Jamar Chase, Deshaun Watson, C.D. Lamb. Those are kind of the four players that are uh, going right around there where Justin Fields is. His ADP is 10 even right now, so he's going pretty much consensus 110 right now in startups. That's too high for me. Why? Well, um, what's his draft capital? Well, it's not top five. And the Bears suck. That's why they have the first overall pick. I, you know, I, you know, can I interject something here? Yeah. It is hilarious how how much Bears fan, fans have been flexing that they got the number one pick. I'm like, you are flexing that you were the We have Justin Fields and the number one pick. Is there a correlation there? <laughs> There might be, because Justin Fields, guys, Justin Fields might suck. Why? Because he does. He he can't <laughs> he is a running back playing at the quarterback position. That's why he's been producing at such a high level. His rushing upside is unlike any I've ever seen. Maybe Lamar Jackson is actually it's it's a lot like Lamar, Lamar Jackson, but yeah. even more because he can't throw the ball. I watched a lot of we we live in Indianapolis, so the only other team we are blessed to watch every season is the Bears, which is really unfortunate. But yes. we watch a lot of Bears football, and I watched a lot of Justin Fields this year. I probably watched five or six games with Justin Fields, and he was missing screen throws, screen passes, left and right, screen passes. He can't function within a pocket that breaks down. He does not step up in the pocket. He functions well as a QB who does um, re really college-type offensive plays, RPOs. Um, he does really well outside of the pocket. He's like a more athletic, to me, <laughs> he's a more athletic Baker Mayfield. He's more explosive, more athletic. His arm is incredible. He, he has an elite-level arm. Can he make a Jalen Hurts jump? Because that's what everyone's been saying. You know, oh, Fields, he's producing at such a high level. This is so reminiscent of Jalen Hurts last year. He could. He could. Yeah. Are you really going to put your money on that? No. The The reason Jalen Hurts was such a big deal this year is because few people expected him to make that jump. He is not in a position to make that jump. And a lot of the reason Jalen Hurts made that elite level Josh Allen-like jump 
is because he had A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, and one of the best committee back systems there is in the NFL with an incredibly good coaching staff. Do you know who the Bears have? Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. And they don't have a running back. Don't say Khalil Herbert. Please don't say Khalil Herbert. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. So I, I don't know what else to say that isn't just repetitive here about Fields. I don't dislike Fields as a, as a person or a player. I've actually really enjoyed watching him in his development this year because against all odds, he's produced at a high fantasy level in the worst, like one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Absolutely. And you know, I really hope he does well. I hope he's successful in Chicago. But the truth is, he was he was taken what eleventh or twelfth in the draft two uh, years ago. Yeah, something. Um, not not in the top five. The Bears have the first overall pick with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis on the board. They are all, with the exception of maybe Will Levis, Stroud and Bryce Young are better prospects than Justin Fields oh, ever was absolutely. and ever will be. They have more tools. They're more talented. They have more success in college, and they're just better, more well-rounded QBs. It is not outside the realm of possibilities that the Bears hold on to that pick and they move on from Fields. Oh, you and they are going to get so much crap for saying that. That's fine with me. I'm just saying what I see. And what I see on the TV every single time I watch Fields is that he's not that great of a quarterback. Okay. And can he make that jump? Sure. Maybe. But I'll, So I'll play devil's advocate here. And, and before I know you are dying, if you haven't already, without even getting through this whole segment. As much as I hated my uh, James Conner take, I'm going to be destroyed for this. Oh, yeah. They're going to hate you. <laughs> Yeah. I know you're dying to make a comment. Just wait. Just just hold on one more second before you get in the comment and, and just completely cry. You cannot... I mean, look, I and we are acknowledging Justin Fields was a good fantasy asset, an elite, elite fantasy asset last year. And he probably could be this year, too. He probably will be if he stays healthy. Health is also something that you have to make sure you take into account with... The, he is a rushing quarterback. He is primarily a rushing quarterback. When you have quarterbacks like that, health is something as well. But do you yeah. really do you really watch Justin Fields and you say that guy is going to make that guy's going to have a long NFL career. That guy's an elite passer. Do you 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 don't. There's no way you do. Even even if he's an elite fantasy asset, even if he's proven, you know that he can do it and he's probably going to do it again this year. Are you really taking Justin Fields over Deshaun Watson for serial like Justin Fields' ADP <laughs> is higher than Deshaun. Deshaun Watson, top five fantasy producer, so the points are there. He has a mega, mega, mega contract. He's a way better passer, way better quarterback all around. Why would you take Justin Fields? Dak Prescott. You, Dak Prescott's probably going to outlast Justin Fields in the league. Even Kyler. Yeah. Even Ky Kyler's just... Yep. Uh, and look, all, the guys, again, all those guys are have totally contract. acknowledging that he could make a big jump. He could make a Jalen Hurts jump, and we totally missed on Jalen Hurts. We... Sound like idiots about Jalen Hurts. But I, I, Nathan is right. I mean, Stroud and Young are both better prospects than Fields were. There's a reason that they are going top five, they're, they're going to, and Justin Fields did not. And, and, and that also says something about team investment. I mean, the, the Bears have, they, that was their pick that they picked him with, right? They, did they move up to get him, or was that their pick? They traded up to get him. So, so with a different coaching staff, a different general manager, all that. But that, 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 stuff, that but is not like a Trey Lance level investment. No, it's not. So, so that argument doesn't exactly apply here either. Um, can I look, can I say a finding here that I uh, we're we're going to move on from Justin Fields here in a well, second? No, but, but, one, but one more thing. I think thing. it's important to make sure that that people don't completely just yeah. go off the rails. No, no, you're right because there's going to be some ridiculous investment into Justin Fields this offseason. It's kind of scary. 
Team pass plays per game for the Bears this year, 22.4. That was 32nd in the league. That's that's like dead last. Fields' fantasy points per dropback is 0.82 points per dropback. That was number one in the NFL. You know what that means? He he doesn't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. All of his points, every time, <laughs> all of his points from his dropbacks, almost all of them are literally from the run game. Like, it's insane. He has 1,100 rushing yards this season off of, and 2,200 passing yards. Just, and, and this is, <laughs> that's like, this is just whoa. a prediction. We think that there are assets behind Justin Fields that will be worth more than Justin Fields one and a half or two years from now. Yeah. And a big so, thing here for you guys, y- y'all Justin Fields lovers, if, if the Bears trade back and they draft a wide receiver, that will actually, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable about the dynasty outlook of Justin Fields because of, what happened with Jalen Hurts in that situation in Philadelphia? Because once we saw them get those receivers, we were like, okay, this situation is looking a bit better for Hurts. It looks like they're building around him. And I'd say that means he's a little bit of a safer option. But still, I mean, we we don't know for sure. We, so. do, we know he's young. We know, we know the situation was terrible. We know he was throwing nobody. It, it doesn't, I don't think it changes a whole lot. It doesn't. It doesn't. So again, I know you're going to the comments right now to complain. That's fine. We're probably, we can't reply to every comment about Justin Fields. You you have a pretty nine-minute understanding about how we feel about Justin Fields. So <laughs> move, that's probably the biggest one. Moving on, the next one is going to be George Pickens. So George it's Pickens. Decent one, too. Um, yeah, and and I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. It was kind of hard to find some cells here. I mean, the, most of these guys are end up being buys because everybody you know wants to short people after the season ends. But with George Pickens, I mean, George Pickens is still going fifth, sixth round of startups. George Pickens is still going to be out-targeted next year by Deontay Johnson. George Pickens, you know, while he has incredible individual skills, a body control like I've never seen in my life, uh, athleticism, he's got great hands. He is not, he's not a wide receiver one. He's not. I, and look, I said this coming out of the coming into the NFL draft last year. I didn't really see it with Pickens. I like his I like his, you know, highlight playability. I like him being a supporting cast wide receiver, but I don't see him being a dominant wide receiver one in the NFL. And you couple that, couple his skill set with the situation that he's in, in Pittsburgh, which, you know, meh, with Deontay Johnson, with Pat Fryermuth, with Najee Harris, with Kenny Pickett, with Mike Tomlin coaching. You have to admit, that's not the best place George Pickens could have gone in order for him to have achieved the wide receiver one level. So now, you know, with George Pickens, there are going to be people this offseason that are like, okay, uh, George Pickens is going to be the wide receiver one in in Pittsburgh before we know it. So I got to buy him. Well, that's when you sell. And if you again, if you, it just it all depends on with these sales, it all depends on where they're going. I saw Justin Fields go at the 106 in my last startup draft. So that means he went over Jamar Chase, and that means he went over Deshaun and Kyler and Lamar and Dak. I mean, all guys I would take over over Justin Fields long term pretty easily. So it depends on where they all go. If just you're getting Justin Fields in the second, there's probably nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, not not a problem. If you're getting George Pickens in the eighth round, there's probably not a problem with that at all. But we're just going off where we're seeing these guys go in terms of the ADP data that we've gathered. Yeah, and, and, and he's know. going right at the end of the fifth round there. So his ADP is 60.1. He's going around Dallas Goddard, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. Give me the QBs and give me the elite tight end. Russell but, Wilson and him are two two spots apart. Yeah. And honestly, Burks, I mean, Burks has higher draft capital and less target competition, significantly less target George competition. George Kittle is behind Tennessee. George Pickens. Yeah. Guys, what's the deal with Kittle? Kittle was tight end three on the year. 
Yeah, we tweeted about that this week. Uh, he was tight end three on the year and tight end two on a points he's per even, game basis. He's even higher than Kenny Pickett, which is nuts. Wow. That is very surprising. How? Over the quarterback? You're taking a wide receiver two on a not very high-powered offense over the QB that's there? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really seeing it with Pickens. He did, I mean, from a production standpoint this year, he did well. As a rookie receiver, he had 800 receiving yards. He had more receiving yards than Drake London, which is really, really nice. That's really exciting to see. But again, I mean, it's so hard to take, look, again, we've said this before, look beyond your personal opinion of the player and how talented athletically they are in the NFL. I think George Pickens is going to have a great NFL career. And I think he'll continue to have highlight catches that are just amazing, like Odell Beckham-esque. But that's the thing is in terms of fantasy production is George Pickens, even though he's probably as athletic as Odell was at that point in his career, is he going to produce at that level in fantasy? No, he, he, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the situation for, for him to be that low end wide receiver one. Going on Terry McLaurin for a second. Who is our next, our next sell? Why is Terry a sell? Because he's always a sell. Because he always underperforms. I mean, this year was the best year of his career. And again, this is another NFL versus fantasy production thing. We would kill to have Terry McLaurin on the Indianapolis Colts. Would we change Terry? Would we change Terry's ranking if he went to any other team? No. Probably not that much. Great NFL player. He's a great NFL player. He's not really, in our eyes, a true target-dominating wide receiver one. Why Why um, is Terry McLaurin... Just, sorry. Why is Terry McLaurin going 14 spots over Daniel Jones in ADP? Oh, my. Daniel Jones, guys... Why... why we, did Brandon Ayuk, first of all, I mean... Uh, no, uh, I would. I think there's a good I, argument to I'd be take, made. I, I'd be fine taking Terry over Ayuk. I would, I would take Ayuk. I, take think, Ayuk. I think Ayuk is, is okay. going to be... I, and not to mention he's younger, but he has—I think he has a higher ceiling than Terry McLaurin does, and in a better situation with the Shanahan offense. So, uh, again, Kenny Pickett—he's going higher than Kenny Pickett as well. He's going so he's going pretty close to where George Pickens is going as, as well. Yeah, I mean the the one hundred eight, uh, the rookie one hundred eight. There, the, you're you're, you're you talking not, about QJ possibly going. How would you not the take the one hundred eight over George or over Terry McLaurin? Addison, uh, yeah, I. It, we, I don't even have to tell you what Terry's production has been the last three years or last four you know years. He's a wide I can, I can put it up on Just, the board, actually, if you really want to see it, I will. But um, it, it's the same It's the same stuff. Look how mediocre year. that is. His his floor is awesome. Uh, I, he's he's such a surefire wide receiver, too. Oh, this is such a hate video, I feel like. Next is Brian Robinson. Now, this one, I really will go in on Brian Robinson. So I don't understand. I don't understand what the appeal is here because, you know, Brian Robinson was really nothing special in college. He had a super late breakout. It took him, I mean, what, four years at Alabama to finally do anything, right? And then, you know, he comes to the NFL and he gets drafted by, if I'm thinking of the worst possible running back, like, landing spots in terms of how how convinced am I that they're going to get the snap share, Kansas City and Washington are the two that I'm like, oh, crap. Because talented running backs can go there and it does not freaking matter. Don't tell me Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not talented because he was. There's a reason he was highly touted. There's a reason people were drafting him over Jonathan Taylor. And while in hindsight that was completely stupid and completely wrong, why why is his value, why is his production completely dead now? Because he's playing in, in an offense that utilizes three or more running backs fairly consistently. Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
Same thing in Washington. Again, you're Antonio Gibson is the more talented football player. I mean, when you when you're talking about his his rounded his full skill set, he's much more well rounded. Brian Robinson, yeah, he's he's very he's a very strong runner. He's a bruiser, and they like that. But I'll tell you what, and, and McKissick has about. I mean, honestly, McKissick's receiving in or upside in the receiving game makes me even more comfortable with with him as well. But Brian Robinson, I mean, what do we really expect from B Rob when when Ron Rivera gets canned? Because they're not always gonna use three backs equally there, and and Brian yeah. Robinson's number one. He's already, I think, almost twenty five. I think he's twenty four right now. He's he's just about to turn twenty four here. He's twenty three point so so eight. Okay, sorry, my bad. He's tw- he's tw- almost twenty four. So that's that is older for a rookie running back, obviously. And again, it's because it took him forever to do anything at Alabama. He's not overly talented. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan, but I don't remember him getting a fair amount of work in the receiving game, given that Gibson and McKissick were on his team, probably taking receptions away from him until McKissick got hurt. At he least. had nine receptions on the year for sixty yards. Gotcha. Nine receptions. Uh, his ADP currently is going right at the end here of the tenth round. Um, his ADP is equivalent to the rookie 204. Wow. A, t- the, a 23 second round pick. Smash. There are like five. Smash. There are five he doesn't have the draft capital. He went in the fake third round. He went at the 334. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there are like five running backs in that mid second range that are more talented than Brian Robinson. At least. Uh, go, get, go get a mid, or if you can get an early second for Brian Robinson, I will sing your praises. So. Again, that's not ideal there. <laughs> this one's gonna ruffle some feathers, man. This is gonna. This video is gonna. Yeah, I'm just, gonna... Rook, <laughs> rookie picks are our next sell. <laughs> Avery, this is the best class. This is the best class there's ever been. 2023 is the best class. Why would you sell your rookie picks? It's pretty good. It's it pretty good. Class. It's pretty good. It's a really good class. But again, when we talked about this in our in our valuing picks versus players video. You do have to factor in that there is some risk involved with these rookie picks and where they're going right now. You can get elite-proven fantasy assets. Why would you not? And usually, you know, the best time to wait to sell your rookie picks is during the draft because that's when their value peaks. I'm not sure how much further up these, these picks values can go. I'm doing a startup right now where I, the 101 obviously is going in the first round. The 102 and the 103, and sometimes the 104 is going before the beginning of the third. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I mean, do what? Do we take but, a shot in the dark yeah, on, a, yeah. on a QB, or do we take a proven fa- – the the – Guys, people get so excited about these prospects. It's get it, and they're good prospects. This is a good class, but you can get a haul, guys. A haul. Let's give you an example here of some like one for ones um, according to our ADP here. So um, Jalen Waddle and Brees Hall are the one hundred two. Come on. Okay. Um, Garrett Wilson or Tyreek Hill or uh, the one hundred three. Okay. Um, Cooper Cup. ETN, Eckler, London, or the 104. All right. Uh, Devontae Smith. I don't understand. Do or you guys, the 105. Let's just, do you guys not like winning championships? Like people bash us for the James Conner take. Godwin or the 106. Like he scores points. Guys, the, the whole... The whole idea of fantasy, we forget this so often in Dynasty. This is what this is why Dynasty Leagues can be easy to win is because people get so caught up in youth and so caught up in, oh, it's long-term, so I have to draft all the young players. They completely forget that the object of the entire game is, is to, to score win. more points than your opponent. <laughs> Guys, these rookies, as good as this class is, as much as I love a lot of them, 
they're not going to come in, and, and most likely they're not going to come in and score a bunch of points right away. And if when they do score points, it's going to be two or three days. Like, why sacrifice winning a championship now with guys like Cooper Cup, who are who could be the wide receiver one on the season? Guys, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup one, ain't slowing down. For the one, he didn't slow down this year. For the one hundred four. I I don't yeah it's it's actually a decent time time to sell those picks make just make sure if you do sell them because the class is so good because the prospects are so good make sure you get an absolute freaking haul because again you hold the, you hold yeah. the upper hand in those negotiations and you can yeah and actually I mean looking at some of these equivalent values I mean as as valuable as these twenty three picks are right now I mean I'm looking at the one hundred six um, being equivalent to Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs honestly you could probably get. Goblin plus for the 106. The 107, Najee, Jamison Williams going around the 107. You can get those players plus something else for the 107. I mean, mean, people just don't realize how valuable those proven elite, like the Chris Godwins. Chris Godwin is a crazy good dynasty asset. Godwin will always be a buy forever. Tell me why Tyler Algier is um, a sell. For you and Dynasty, uh, we'll we'll continue to uh, preach draft capital here. Uh, Tyler Algier has been um, outproducing in terms of efficiency, even Damian Pierce this season, um, and he's, I, in my opinion, I think he's a better, more well-rounded back. He does have, uh, he, I think he does have some receiving upside that he was showing here this past season. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, well, no, not not a ton. Actually, not a ton. Only 16 receptions for 139 receiving yards. So there you go. He doesn't have draft capital, and he doesn't have much receiving upside. He's a good runner. He had a, just under five yards of carry. He broke 1,000 rushing yards this year. As a rookie, that went in the fifth round. Like, that's awesome. But I, we're, we're looking at one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Atlanta Falcons. We don't know what QB is going to play there. I'm sorry. It's not going to be Desmond Ritter long term, um, even though you want to believe in that third-round QB. And... Um, you know, Kyle Pitts in London, if they can, this this running back class this year in 2023 is so loaded, I, I could see them easily just taking one in the second or third. No problem. So Any of these teams could. Tyler yeah. Algier, Isaiah Pacheco, Damian Pierce, they could all get James Robinson. In fact, the odds are, statistically, guys, numbers, they're facts. Most of the time, these guys get replaced. Pretty quickly, actually. Yep. After the first year, a lot of it happens. It's too. It happens too often for you to deny it at this point. And Tyler Algier, honestly, is probably the best out of these running backs. And yeah, he's. A, we really like him out of these three. Of and who knows Algier if it's going to matter or not. But the other guy, you know, after him is Isaiah Pacheco, who we have as a sell. I know he plays for the Chiefs. And he, Pat, he, and runs, Patrick, Patrick he runs. He runs weird is too. Good, and he runs weird, and you know he was an actual preseason darling that turned out to be something. I get that. Uh, again. No draft capital. It does matter with running backs, by the way. Uh, he's playing with a three-back committee, so his fantasy upside is going to be limited. I mean, he ended up being the workhorse back in Kansas City. Like, I mean, he he was he ended up getting the, the like the majority of the snaps at the end of the year. I mean, you're looking at, and when I say majority, I mean he's getting 35, 49, 45, 36 percent, and you know, points wise, he's scoring 12, 12, 10, 8, 12. 16, 15, 10, 6, 1, 4. Yeah, same same yards per carry, same okay. efficiency here as Tyler Algier. Um, worst draft capital. And again, I'm starting to see a trend here with these running backs that are going 
in the late rounds of NFL drafts, their uh, receiving upside is almost non-existent. Pacheco, 13 receptions on the year um, for 130 yards. That's not going to cut it, guys. It's not going to cut it for him to stay, for him to stick around, and for the Chiefs to actually invest go get in Devin him. Singletary. Go yep. get James Cook. Somebody, I yep. mean, those guys are actually catching passes after the out of the backfield. Yep, we always love those outliers. We always love those Arian Fosters. We always love those Austin Ecklers. Why did Austin Eckler stay, and why did the Chargers invest in him? It's because he is the top of the top pass catching running backs in the NFL. What do you guys? I mean, in, in last one here. What do we really think Isaiah Likely is going to do? Like, I mean, Isaiah Likely is not lining up at wide receiver because, <laughs> and, and the proof is in the pudding because when, when Mark Andrews doesn't play, Isaiah Likely plays great. He looks fantastic. He produces at a very high level. But short term, he's behind Mark Andrews. And when Mark Andrews does play, Isaiah Likely, for the most part, is performing at almost nothing level. So what do you, I don't understand what the expectations are for Isaiah Get Likely. It. I mean, we saw you, you saw that trade in our leagues with Isaiah Likely in it where we were like, what the heck is going on? Just completely lopsided. And, you know, I, I'm like, is this about Isaiah Likely? Like, Likely is playing behind Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is maybe the best tight end in the league. Second best tight end in the league. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. And we were just talking about this in our uh, one of our videos last week, but the Greg Roman offense definitely caters to those tight ends and those committee running back backfield systems. And what's going to happen now? Like, are they actually going to use three or four tight ends in their, in their offensive scheme from now on? Like we, we don't really know, but like, and not to mention Charlie Kalar. Like we personally Charlie like Kalar is a good, Kalar, pro, good we prospect. might like Kalar more than likely. He was a good prospect, man. I loved, I loved watching his yeah, film. So, so we'll see what happens here, but if if you're excited about Likely's fantasy outlook down the road, I mean, I'm not seeing him take off for another three to four years, which means he's dang near valueless now. You're so, talking so about an why, entire lifetime exactly. and dynasty. I'm trying to find where he's being drafted at. Uh, his ADP is not like ridiculously high, but it it's high enough where I'm I'm packaging him with some other tight ends and getting a better one like. <laughs> And, and that's just that's just a testament to the bear tight end landscape right now. I mean, you can package as they likely. Plus, I mean, even Greg Dulcich, Greg Dulcich is yeah. a much better option than than Isaiah Likely right now yeah. because Greg Dulcich is the tight end one on his team. He is, you know, still playing with a good quarterback at least in Russell Wilson. I know he sucked this year, but let's ride in the next year and see what he does. And you know, yeah, Likely's Likely's an equivalent to a twenty three early third right now. The three oh two. Um, there's actually some pretty decent talent that you're going to be getting at the 302 there. Zach Ertz, Mike Gusecki, you're almost going back-to-back with Likely. Um, those are just two other tight ends. And then, you know, you've got Singletary where we know what he is. We don't know where he's going to end up next year. But, like, he, he produces in fantasy, and if you need to flex him, you can. And he, he does an all right job. Um, Madison, you know, Madison's a good running back. I, I'm taking pretty much all of those guys over Likely just because – They'll probably produce at some point, like, and likely won't. Look, likely, likely will not. Yeah, he likely look won't. We're gonna get a lot of crap for this. We know that a lot of times these sells we miss. Like we we miss we listen. Yeah, yeah, like we back totally last season. So we're just going with our guts. We're just analyzing the market, and we're just giving you who we personally, in our opinion, not fact, in our opinion, we think these guys are sells. We know you're probably going to think differently. So feel free to pop in the comments. Try not to be too hard on us. Again, we don't. We know that odds are you are going to be just as right as we are about this stuff. So if you disagree, you have 
just as good a chance of being right. And, and you know, if you have somebody else that you think is a sell, yeah. I mean, it's it's just at this point, it's just starting discussions on who sells, who's not. These were who we picked out. And so we wanted to talk about it. That was a fun video, though. We got to – it's the first nasty video we've done in a while. <laughs> I miss I miss being nasty on the show. So, all right, make sure you subscribe to the channel. You've got all kinds of new unfiltered Dynasty content coming your way. I guess this is a little bit more of a – grind it out video but uh we're also doing you know rookie analysis uh buys and uh, buys we've already done buys and now we've done sells so things like that make sure you subscribe to the channel and get access to all that make sure you like the video make sure you go to our locals page to check out all of our exclusive content there as always we appreciate all of you guys listening and watching thanks for joining us and we'll see you later